1: G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are continuing our community chat series with a good friend of the AFL fantasy community. First time on this podcast, Jeppa, we're gonna be going through his uh the juniors and all the rookies and cash cows that he's touting for us to be in our fantasy times and more. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy and join once again, as always, with Luke Rogerson, the Mighty Oxlone, Mighty Oxlong <laughs> coach here. Uh, how
2: you doing, mate? I'm good, mate, and I'm particularly excited for this one because we always talk about how the available rookies shape up our teams, and we have got an absolutely amazing guest in yes. Jeppa to talk. to And, talk and we about. don't
1: profess, you and I don't profess, we don't know shit when it comes to rookies. <laughs> we, <laughs> we don't, don't know not. shit when it comes to anything. mate. So, <laughs> so we are going to be hanging on every word of this great man, Jeppa. Let's, let's bring him, him on in. On the
2: screen, beautiful. Welcome, Jeppa. Hey
1: guys, thanks for having me. Good, Absolute pleasure, mate. Good to have you on. Uh, I've been listening to your stuff, and you and Pete do excellent work over at the Plus Six podcast, but it's always good to have, a, have you on the, the show for the first time. Um, so if anyone's straight off the top here, guys, if you aren't listening to the Plus Six podcast, we'd definitely go and recommend checking that one out. But uh, how is that, before we get started to the, the questions, how's your fantasy preseason going, and how are you shaping up for 2024, mate?
3: Yeah, pretty good. It's uh, I think I'm set with my structure of my team. Players obviously need some work, but yeah, this is the uh, time of year where we all think we're going to win the car and uh, we get around every player that's doing well and doing badly and yeah, enjoying it. I don't know about you, but I will win the car. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> confidence, mate. Speak confidence. it into existence. Now, Jeb, we, um, you might have caught some of our previous episodes and we've been kind of quizzing our guests on uh, their particular fantasy team, but something that transcends your own fantasy team is your knowledge of rookies, mate. So we wanted to pick that brain of yours about some of those rookies, some of those cash cows. Now, let's start in the defender line, mate. Is there any uh, rookies popping their heads up that potentially we could even have the confidence to start on on field in that defensive line.
3: Yeah, so it's pretty thin back there. I think that's yeah. obvious to many. Um, and if we're going to classify rooks under 300 grand... Yeah, we'll call them cash cows, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Then there's only uh, Dan Curtin and O'Sheen Mullen. Right. Um, they're okay. the two that are at the top of the tree. Josh Gibbs as well. Then you've got a couple of slow burns and key position players in Toby Pink and Zach Reed. So it's pretty thin back there. And as a result, Most coaches, including myself, have loaded up in the back line this year. A bit like what we did last year with the forwards, but uh, for different reasons. So, yeah, very thin, got to be careful. The coverage isn't great. Even Dan Curtin playing, you know, a third tall in that back half, you know, it's not conducive to great scoring. So, yeah, coaches should be wary of that and planning accordingly. Absolutely.
2: So at risk of revealing your secrets, is Curtin currently your D6 or is he... finding his on the
3: bench? No, bench. he's my D7, okay. mate. So okay. So, I mean, we we should throw in Marty Hoare there. I'm yeah. actually worried that Marty Hoare is not best 22. Right. Um, I think they might use him a bit like Michael Hibbard. And again, this is all assumptions, but when the matchup suits hall will come in, I don't think he's locked in every week, but that could change. Um, pretty keen to get a gauge on him, but yeah, at the moment, um, Marty Horsman D6, yeah Curtin and Mullen. So, on the bench. So. Too,
1: mu- too much glass for him to crawl over old Marty Hall, which uh, <laughs> apparently he said that he would to, to get back as the yeah, team. Yeah, he did, didn't
2: he? Um, Sounds like we've had a peek behind the curtain and there's not much.
1: Oh, <laughs> bloody terrible. Straight, Straight off it. the bat. Let's go. Um, but yeah, so I, I do think that there are a lot of teams out there that will be structuring up with Dan Curtin on the the field and and like you, Jeff, uh, uh, again, without knowing too much and Again, this goes to say that often we'll get like some bolters or, or someone like that maybe putting their hands up. But this far out, it seems as though the confidence in him scoring enough might be at least exploring the opportunity to have him on your, your bench there. So, um, is there any any bolters or anything like that that you're catching wind of that might be a semi chance? And if they are there, worth a punt or is it is it really that thin?
3: Nah, not yeah for defenders, not really, mate. I um, there's probably a couple in the midfield that could bolt, uh, but. I'm just wary of like coaches starting Zach Williams and trying to cover it with Dan Curtin. Like yeah, it's really just yeah. you're going from 22 to 21 really without starting. So my my approach is different to that. I want to tr- in these early buy rounds I'm I'm looking to uh, bolster the scores as best as I can because um, you know things are going to happen, injuries, whatever else. Yes. So, yeah, that's, that's the approach right now. Yeah,
2: it's not something I'd um, consider. I think I might have to go back and have a look at that defensive line because mine's looking pretty light on. Now, yes. you mentioned uh, that you were at the Frio intra-club game. A bit of news out of that, but one that we want to know about is Jeremy Sharp. And do, are you pretty confident
3: that he's going to be there
2: in their calculations round one?
3: Uh, I tweeted about yesterday that I wasn't, and I yeah. got a bit of a pacing from the Frio faithful. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, really? <laughs> um... Okay. Yeah, I, look, it's just my observation. If I was Longmuir, yep. personally, I'd start um, O'Driscoll on one wing and then Matt yep. Johnson on another. Yeah, okay. A bit of by-play here is Prio um, have to play Erasmus and Johnson um, yeah. if they want yeah. to keep them on their list in the, in the short-term future. So, yeah, I think Jono will fit in on a wing and then rotate through inside mid, and, and Longmuir's quoted as saying that, that that's his position for the year. Um, Erasmus is more inside mid and then resting a half forward. Yep. So we'll see how that plays out. But coming back to Sharp, you know, he could miss out. I don't think he's a lock. I, he's very much in the mix and, and you know, And does that, likely does that make play.
1: him like a vest option as well, like
3: someone who could be, you know,
1: subbed yeah. out?
3: Correct. He is a runner. But yeah, it depends. It, absolutely. I mean, a lot of this is the issue, right, with a lot of these rooks. They're all, every year they're going to, have that best risk, red vest or green vest. So when that stifles cash gen, that doesn't do anyone any favours. So, yeah, look, I'm not convinced on Jeremy Sharp. He's still on my team, Um, but... Yeah, I just I don't think it's a, a lock and a given as as some may suggest.
1: Yeah, because he does seem to be that very popular M8 kind of option for those who are structuring up with the five sort of more expensive midfielders and the three sort of cash cows there with mm. McCurter and Sanders and Sharp being the third. So is there is there some other options on the midfield that maybe if people were wanting to still go with that three um, cash cow option on the field that you'd be happy to put on the on the on the field or Does that lead you more to trying to go even deeper into midfield and have two cash cows there and have someone like a sharp on the bench and someone else there?
3: Yeah, my preference would be to just have the two rooks on field and that for most is no secret, McKircher and Sanders. Um, Again, I don't think Sanders is... He'll score well, but I don't think he's a knockout player that... Yeah, everyone thinks. Imagine playing next to Bond and Liber and all that. Like, can't get too used to these Dacos and uh, bloody diesel yeah. types. So <laughs> exactly. So yeah. So there's that, and then yeah, the, the second the, or the group of the rest, if you want to call it that. You know, Clay Hall could pop his head in yeah. at round one. Ed Allen and these are guys that can score, right? Kay McAuliffe from Richmond has been touted this preseason. Yep. Jai right. Clark finally should be playing, but. You know, low tog yep. is likely there. You think about what they did with, um, oh, what's that GWS recruit they had last year that oh, we all started in our yeah. forward line? Oh, yeah.
1: I, oh,
2: I
3: can't I'm blanking too. I'm going to find it up. You keep going. <laughs> but going to... my, my apologies, but he had low tog last yeah. year. Um, so just be wary of that with I Clark. Matt Roberts is another one from Sydney. Here. I like Matt yeah. Roberts. Yeah, yeah, he's tough, tough young fella there. So, yeah, uh, he started to go, yeah, half
1: back. Is that, is mm. that uh, something that you've heard and, Something that you think will happen as well?
3: Well, it's hard to get anything out of Sydney, isn't it? No, there's not many track watchers out there, so um, we're just going to have to wait and see in the preseason games. But look, he... Tanner Bruin was the guy we were talking about before. I've just yes, looked that up. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. So, yeah, hey, low tog last year for Tanner Bruin, learning yeah. the new game style. I know Chris Scott likes to. Yeah. And um ease his new yes. players and rooks in. So just be wary with Clark. Um and then Harry Rouston's the other one from GDOS who yep. I really like and look showed a little bit last year but didn't get a big run at it. So another preseason he'll so, be looking good. So yeah, out of the lot I would probably start Matt Roberts. Yep. You okay. know but again, all all do sort th- of subject to he's role. An
1: option- do you think he's an option for like that M eight spot, or do you think he's more of that like bench option only?
3: Uh, Preference is bench option only. Yeah. I, again, I, we we want to limit our rooks on field where we can. Um, that's that's one of the uh, twelve commandments of AFL fantasy. <laughs> yes, it is, and um, and yeah. So it comes back to the midfield, right? So with and Sanders will will go great um, on field safety enough, um, especially with safety in numbers. But, yeah, others I would put on bench, personally.
2: Now, mate, let's uh, turn our attention to the Rucks. And the Rucks are an intriguing position all around this year. But somebody that we want to pick your brains about a little bit is not necessarily a rookie per se, but Jordan Sweet as an R3 option. It's been brandied around a little bit. Is
3: it something that you're considering going to? Uh, Yeah, he's been in my team most of the preseason. And that's to cover the buy rounds of Gordon Grundy in the early buys um, yep. pretty hard to ignore their value at the minute. Um, but yeah, reading between the lines, it's not looking good for sweet cause he's got hefty competition. It's yes. have they've, they've st- structure up so tall already yeah. um, up forward. So it's either sweet or soldo. Yep. Um, I don't necessarily think Soldo is a better ruckman than Sweet. I know Soldo has played more AFL games, but that doesn't mean he's a better ruckman. He's definitely
2: so, got a better moustache. That's one that's, thing. Well, that's one right. thing it
1: is. And apparently, according to the traders, moustache equals confidence equals points. So well, I don't know. I'm not biased, but moustache <laughs> is everything. So. Um, yeah, I mean, as someone who's watched um, Soldo for a long time, I, like he's solid, but I, I do see him more as that kind of... Depth Ruckman for the most part. Yeah, he's I mean, a bit of a
2: plotter, isn't he? He's a bit of
1: a plotter. Like, this. I don't know, maybe, maybe that's like the anti-Richmond bias coming out, and you're a bit harsher on your own team and, and things like that. But uh, without watching too much sweet, in, in, you know, obviously hasn't played that much. I, I do think. He could get there, and we we this episode hasn't come out by the time we're recording it, but it will be out when this one airs. Uh, Louis came onto our podcast before, and he also said the same thing. He reckons that they're probably going to go one or the other, and go with the soldo or the sweets. So it will will be interesting to see if uh, you know which one's named that round one side.
2: Is there a scenario, Jep, where?
3: Sweet isn't in your team there, like we'll talk yeah, is, is it
1: sweet or, or are we looking at red dots on the R three? Is, is
3: there another option? Uh, no, no, I'll go Toby Conway if Sweet's not named okay. name round one. But I'm prepared to back Sweet in if he is name round one. Only because So if they're competition named. internally well, no, not necessarily. Even if, he, if Soldo is not named. Competition I mean, if, in so general is great. If
1: Conway and Sweet are both names there, your preference is Sweet
3: over Conway? Oh, Sweet, yeah. That's Sweet right. will score better than Conway. Um, Conway should be playing a, a, a good chunk of games this year. He's put on weight, looks stronger, had a good back end to the VFL season last year. So, And he's obviously cheaper, but, um, you know, Sweet... I think last year there was a game where he had fifty six hitouts or something Oof. stupid like that. so he um personally, I think he's a better Ruckman, yeah, you know outside looking in, but yeah, like I said, internal competition's great. like think of Rory O'Brien and that strong other fella that yes. was there to take his spot, and it really elevated O'Brien up to the next level. Hopefully the same goes with sweet here, and um yeah, we'll soon find out in preseason games.
1: So outside of Conway
3: and Sweet, the rest not looking that great? I mean, Harry Barnett from West Coast, but, you know, I wouldn't. He's 200K ruck forward that you could swing in there. There's there's a few that are just too risky that I, yeah, I wouldn't bother you. You want to generate cash, and the R3 spot is pretty important to do that. Very
2: nice. All right, Let's move to the forward line. Four line. Now, Finlay McRae is somebody that we want to talk to you about in particular. Obviously, it came out that his coach... Greg McRae was um you know singing his praises at the end of season function there. Do you see him as a lock in the Collingwood um team this year?
3: Uh yeah, lock's a bitty, pretty strong word. Um yes. We love I'd to throw around right. strong words. Right <laughs> yeah. I no, I do. I I think he look, from the footage I've seen and thanks shout out to Jen who uh yes, pretty yes. much supports everything extraordinaire. Mm. Yeah, I'm not sure if uh Collingwood uh, are too happy with are doing it, but because it gives away all their secrets. But yeah, there there they are. And look, every time I've seen him in in match sim sort of training scenarios, he's been great. So I'm just going by my eye, yeah. and I like what I see. The other thing too is, and I love a player coming out of contract, right? Yeah, I was so going to say that. Yeah, they are really coming in now to the new contract. This is and this is going to be his bigish contract for his career. So, yeah. um. He's going to put it all on the line. I assume Colin would want to keep him. So, yeah, I, I think there's a bit of uh, politics internally with yep. that, with him coming out of contract and, you know, Taylor Adams leaving and... He would have been told that you know he wasn't part of the future plans. I yes. think hindered around McRae too. So that's yeah, very, there's there's a spot
1: there. That's a very good point you had there because I initially when we were talking about Taylor Adams a little bit off track here, but we we're talking about Taylor Adams like going to a different club. But the, the more I've seen is the more the fact that Collingwood almost would kind of pushing him out in a way, so um, that can only bode well for someone like a Finlay McRae and a similar kind of situation, probably not to, you know, we're not expecting to go this well, but like a Flanders last year was that kind of guy that came out of contract at the end of the year, and um, it it didn't happen until later in the season, but obviously, you know, the club was pushing, this guy's got to get a game so we can see what we have, so... I do think that's a good point you bring up there, Jeppa. What about some other forward options? Um in you know, we've got obviously Harley Reed's gonna be sitting there, so we're all locking him away. But outside of him and Finlay McCrae, what are maybe some options that we can maybe stash away on our bench in the forward line? Yeah,
3: so look, we've all got Harley Reed, like you said, on in our uh, on our field. So he's Tier one. Tier two I've got as expensive but um and likely best twenty two but average scoring, and that's Nick Watson and Zane Dersmer. Right. They're obviously pricey, but I think they're going to play, you know, not, they're not immune to the best, obviously, especially Watson, but, um, you know, this, there's safety there, and they're, they're a heartbeat as yeah. such playing games. Yep. Tier three is, you know, borderline best 22 and, and or best risk, and, I think they're going to feature throughout the year. And one kid who I was so impressed with yesterday watching Freo. Yeah, it's Cooper Simpson. So okay. he he could be the Noah Long of last year's draft. A bit of a bargain. I think he had an ankle injury uh, in his yep. rookie year. So Frio have pounced. And honestly, every time he touched the ball, great things happen. So. Yeah, right. After tweet, expecting mate, to... he, he went straight into my team. <laughs> put him yeah. right in there. Uh, mate, put him in there on the bench. I think it's I think it's pretty good to have him there uh, at this point. Others, uh, Sean Manor from Geelong. Um, but again, being wary of Chris Scott and the way he brings new players into his system. Bailey Laurie from Melbourne. Yes. Melbourne have lost a couple of midfield depth players there. So... He should be putting his hand up. And then Colton Tholstrup as well, who will play a defensive half-forward position. You know, he'll be more of a stopper at half-forward. But, you know, they drafted him for a reason, uh, for a need pretty immediately. And he's a pretty powerful young man from from over where I live. And, uh, yeah, that's the third tier. Look, the rest are... um, there's Darcy, uh, Darcy Wilson, sorry, Taj Roy Wadden. Reefer Guinness might raise his head again. Braden George looked good early, but it's not looking like he's going to start best 22. He might start in the VFL because he's missed so much footy. Chris Burgess, Corey Warner, Oliver Dempsey, Kai Loman couple my, of guys that
1: are just sort of there if they're, if they're there their heart beats if not yeah, yeah don't worry about it
2: all you could see sure. for that that segment Chepard is just Mitch and I with our heads buried <laughs> I in our laptop. I'll just put the star on everyone you say mate you're a fountain of knowledge before we, we move it.
1: on from I've just got one quick guy that I want to bring to you uh, just to talk about what about a Caleb Windsor I've heard a few things about him in the preseason There's some some good raps coming from uh, Melbourne as a forward 282 is he someone that is probably just a bit too early for him in the role that he figures to play or, or where do you see
3: him sitting? Well, he's a true out-and-out wigger. So either he takes Lockie Hunter's spot or, or they find another role for him um, yeah. initially. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. We've definitely got to watch him and if he's around the mark, sure. Um, Good news about those guys yeah. in the Melbourne team is they've got that round zero
1: and if they pop round zero and they're there round one. And it's mm. a yeah, pretty, P- pretty easy selection. It's
2: tough with some of yeah. those rooks, how you just wish they weren't playing for the team that they're playing for <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> Sometimes, you. Yeah. Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Like, I wish half of them weren't West Coast and
1: <laughs> then we'd all <laughs> pick him. right?
2: You're guilty. Let's yeah, go. let's go.
1: All right, let's move away from the rookies and we'll talk about some of the other topics that we've been going through with some of our guests. And the first one here we want to discuss with you is... Obviously in the AFL fantasy content creating community, the podcast, there's a lot of them out there at the moment and there's a bit of an echo chamber that sometimes uh, forms, but we're just getting our guests on to see if there's any like takes out there or sentiments that you maybe disagree with a little bit or push back. It could be some of our takes, it could be someone else on the uh, podcast somewhere or, or just general sentiments that you've found. Is there anything that you maybe just push back a little bit uh, that you've seen this preseason?
3: Yeah, mine's uh, having a forward primo. I actually do not have one forward primo. Yet. I
1: like this. I like this. I've definitely experimented with with going real cheap, just mid price crazy.
3: Yeah, and and this, look, it's not totally unpopular or unconventional, but I think, uh, this, what is it? The, the McRae is the likely one with the way the Bulldogs play high possessions. Yeah, um, he he is probably the safety there, but I don't think not having McRae is going to burn you. Mm, I think. Yeah. I think he's sort of around his price point. And, yeah, sure, there'll be a game where he goes 110 and people will jump on. But, yeah, it's over the season, not starting him. I don't think he's going to burn you too much. So, yeah, concentrating my that spend in my defence because yeah. of the thin rooks is, is my approach. And... Um, yeah, I suppose that's my unconventional take.
1: That's interesting because I think I've, I've listened to you before saying that you like to have a nice balance across the lines mm. and things like that. So is that that's a little bit different for, for your yeah. playbook?
3: This is a bit of unusual territory, but like again, like last year we we had all those forward primos yeah. that we started, and I don't think last year was a balanced side either. So Just the other way. yes, absolutely, balance would be preferred. But I think, especially in recent weeks, not having a uh, forward primo is not the end of the world this year.
2: If you're happy to reveal who is sitting at your F one currently,
3: as it yeah, stands, I'm very happy to reveal it's Taylor Adams. Um, okay, okay. It makes me nervous, uh, especially with these early buy round. But um, you know, given the role, and again, reading between the lines of what his role is going to be, I think they'll rotate Parker and Adams through midfield and half forward. Um, personally. Um, but yeah, let's wait to these preseason games and see what happens. Yeah, definitely, definitely.
1: Absolutely like that. And that's kind of bringing us into our next uh, topic, which is our hot topics, which we know are very, very hot right now. Oh, I how got <laughs> Hands off. That's so hot right now. Hands off.
2: Sorry, I have to, Jet. Have just- to listen
1: back to that one, Jetta. It's a great sound grab. Uh, <laughs> we
2: just bop it away.
1: Hansel, so hot right now, and so are the forward line. So, like we said, your approach to the forward line is to go a bit cheaper this season and going a bit more mid-price heavy. I know these probably change day to day for a lot of us, but are there any of those mid prices that for you, if? You're, you're sort of paying a closer attention to. Some guys that you are a little bit more bullish on than others, so you happy to reveal some names that at least you're watching extra closely in the preseason.
3: Yeah, no, happy to. Uh, the one, it's the forward player, mid-price, and it's Connor McDonald. I'm a Love it. bit Ooh, yeah. upset with King, letting the cat out of the bag yes. the other day with his uh, big rap on him. But um, again, looking... Uh, Hawthorne's list fascinates me and how they're going to structure up this year. So... Um, you know, they brought in Ginovan, they drafted Nick Watson, they got Sam Butler who's emerging and can run all day. I
1: think they're also throwing so, – uh, Hardwick, I think, is being thrown forward as well. So
3: Correct. Yeah. So who comes out of that forward line? It's, it's got to be c Mac. So, I have to think so. Yeah, he's still playing – you know, he'll still rest and rotate through half-forward, but yeah. so I think there's more midfield minutes for a guy like him. Now, if you Google
0: – This is the story of The One.
3: Uh, Connor McDonald, Rookie Me Central. Thanks, shout yeah. out to Rookie Me Central who gives us the great stats. And look at his junior numbers; you'll be yeah. blown away. Because um, wasn't it wasn't it a couple of years
2: ago that he was one of the three rookies that we were starting with in the midfield? Or am I talking uh, about Mars No,
1: I th- his, think that might have been Ward. That uh, was his Ward, teammate. Yeah, but I think what yeah. Jeff is referencing is like I think I've heard someone that he was second behind Nick Dacos that uh, that season in terms of his AFL fantasy average. Is
3: that is that correct? Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah. yeah, so massive numbers. Um. obviously when we watch him and playing his role, he's playing his role to the full potential. And that's such a young kid to be so disciplined, playing the half-forward half role. I'm sure he wants to get amongst it and get, a, and get in the action. But no, nah, he's, he's done really well. Uh, and I think it's the next step for him now, third-year breakout, which we love to say. Um, but yeah, got my eye on him very, very closely. And in saying that, the way, and I think there's a topic later about this, but uh, the way Hawthorne structure up entirely. For sure, yeah, yeah not
1: big watch there.
2: Can I throw a couple more forward line names at you? I'll just throw a few at you and you can talk about who you'd like. Billings, 5. Bit of like Sartis, or dislike here from the, the pod pod. James Jordan, any thoughts?
3: Um, so watching 5 yesterday, he looked good, he's strong. Yeah. I just wary of his scoring ceiling. Yeah. Um, and his cash generation cuz yep, round 1 2 he'll he'll play and then round 3 he's going to come along and say freeo flogging. Yeah. They're going to put him in the red vest and manage him, right? So, And there'll be the odd game where he's in the green vest too. So Fife scares me a little bit. Billings, I would consider. I've got to see it Yeah. in, in, you know, in pre-season, what the role is in those games. Um, who else? Sardis, was it? Sardis. Sardis I James love. Yep. Yep, yeah. yeah, really love Sardis. So, right. again, Jim, this is probably the rook, rook lover in me that's coming out. Yeah. Sardis is a huge ball winner in yes. his junior days. So, a recent, yeah, injury, watched...
1: recent injury to Ben Hobbs I think I saw the other day as well. I don't know if that's going to be something that bleeds into the season, but it can only help him.
3: Yeah, it can only help. That's right. And that happened yesterday. So, yeah, Sardis, I think he's a wing role. With all this talk of Nick Martin going to half back, my ears perked up and I said, well, who's going to take his wing spot? And then... Obviously, Sardis. So yeah. I think that's a bit earmarked. Um, not all Eston lovers and track watchers sort of agree, but, um, yeah, there's one Durham as well that can play there and all the rest of it. So one to watch, but I, I've got wraps with him. Jordan mm, was big on him. Now yeah. I'm not so sure because I don't know where he fits. Yeah, there's a and lot. And the more I've dissected Sydney, yeah, the more I'm sort of raising the question. There's a few few minutes to beat there at Sydney, especially yeah, yeah. when
2: you consider that, Eventually, Callum Mills plays in that team. We've got a guy like Roberts, who we're expecting to do things going on across yeah. our backs. Just where, where do you feel Goulden's
1: it? got one of those wings inside. Yeah, yeah. It's Tough. A, There's a few few things to happen over at Sydney. Um, the next hot topic, which we uh, we love to talk about this season because it is a brand new thing we have to deal with, and that is those early buys. I guess the, the general consensus atro- across the community is that trying to reduce your early buy players with the premiums, Cash cows mid price is a little bit more forgiving what what are your thoughts do you have any other sort of things that you're trying to take into account when planning for these early buy rounds
3: i'm just avoiding all primos with the early buy. The one I would consider is Sam Walsh because he's such value, but after going to Frio and knowing that Jeremy Sharp would cover Walsh during his buy round i 'm not so sure now, so. Uh. That's uh, that's pretty much the black and white approach from me, guys. Um, obviously, the buy round that in mid-season is is imperative that you plan accordingly. Like, there was a time where I wanted Rosie Butters and Brayshaw, <laughs> but I can't fit them all in because they've all got the round thirteen buy. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're just got to be wary of that and and um, see what happens throughout the season. Obviously.
1: Well, let's, uh, let's put you, let's put you to the test here because, uh, you said you're avoiding all premiums on the round, uh, rounds or playing round zero that have the early buys. I'm going to give you some hypothetical situations when it comes to the opening round and what you will do when this changes your mind. So starting with the backline, Nick Dacos, he's a hot name, uh, highly owned, although he is starting to fall a little bit. He comes out in opening round and scores a 140 in that round, uh, with 70% CBAs. Ah, Are you still fading him? Juicy.
3: Juicy? No, I'd, I'd probably start him. Mate. Okay, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> we got <Again>. it. <laughs> Pardon me. So it just comes down to um, that defender line and um, yeah. and sort of spending up there. So oh, yeah. I've got the cash in my pre-planned structure, so to speak, to do that. Um, so, That's yeah, good. if he did that, yeah, obviously. And this I uh, you know, temptation
2: in the opening round is so fascinating, so I'm going to... I love this. this I'd be great. I'd be right there with you, Jeff. I'd be I right at the
1: you day. Like, Let's go! <laughs> you, you've got scars from, I mean, yeah. we both have scars from last year, uh, not starting him. So and, I'd uh, have to get on too. Seeing that score pop, yeah. It would be interesting. I, what I reckon would be interesting, if he does this 140, come round one, if someone like a um, Finn McGuinness is not named in their round one... I mean, I'd still have to think he comes in for that, that round. Is it round four that they play them? But... Just on the off chance that he's not there, I don't know. I reckon a lot of people might jump
3: on. Get into it. Okay. No, that's, that's Hold on. Let's just delve into that. That's a really valid point, right? So, yeah. Zach Merritt, big fan, trying to look at him at M1 potentially. Finn McGuinness round one, is he going to be there? Who yeah. knows? Um, now, Hawthorne, how do they structure up? We right? yeah. yeah. talked about it before. So... If it's me, I'm not playing Finn McGuinness. I'm taking it on. No I'm letting me... Early yeah. in the season like, as well, teams, coaches you, have a preference to do that. Now, there's fantasy bias in my brain that's, that makes me speak like that. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. It doesn't make sense to me when they got all these young guns yeah. to yeah. play a tagger. Yeah. Um, the only downside is for him personally, he's super fit, does all the team things, sacrifices his game for the betterment of the team. So, yeah. knowing Sam Mitchell and remembering Mitchell was a catalyst when, as an assistant coach for West Coast Premiership, and I've not heard a bad word about him when he was here and all the rest of it. And we played a tagger in Matt, um, Mark yeah. Hutching, so it might be part of his future plans. Yeah,
1: definitely just another wrinkle in that Hawthorne thing to watch for the preseason, so... Now, Who we got next?
3: The
2: second one on the uh, opening round line roulette is Kitty Coleman. He's someone that neither Mitch nor myself have been really big on, but let's say he gives you a 105 on 40% kick-ins. Is it something that you'd entertain? No deal.
3: No deal. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I, the, I've had Coleman in one of my very competitive draft leagues last year, and he, um, yeah, he's a slow burn. He's and nice watching him, he's, a, he's actually not super fit. You know, they, yeah, the yeah, AFL okay. these days really require the super fit athlete. So, Correct. yeah, I'm not going to avoid Coleman. Yeah,
2: he, he seems to lack a little bit of that thirst, whether it's a fitness thing or whatever it is, but he just, when we've got thirsty operators like... Yeah, uh,
1: that, that's true as well. What, what if he scored 105 in the first half? <laughs> <laughs> that change my... Mind. I'd still go no deal. Because <laughs> uh, then he's obviously gone
3: zero in the next that's half. That's what's but... called
2: an anomaly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, because of his early buy round, I'd probably still look at it after his buy round. Yes. I wouldn't yeah. take him on before. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Cool. Who's next?
1: Let's talk about another defender with the early buy round in round two. Zaki Williams. Um, I've been lowering this one down every time we record because everyone still is keen. So he comes out and he scores a seventy in that opening round. Is this still someone you're looking at if this was to
3: happen? Zero percent kick-ins. No kick-ins. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I have not had Williams this whole preseason up until last Ooh. night when when Chaffee was injured. Okay, so again, okay. I put Williams in the Coleman sort of meld where he's not a naturally fit fella um, and the game's pretty demanding coming off a major injury. I think they're going to manage him time on ground, vests, all the rest of it. So I'd fade him still. Okay, yep. nice. Yep. That's going against the grain. That's what I, I like. I like that because yeah. I think
1: uh, I think the consensus is just having him in there, and I I've been to in and fro with myself as well. Like you if just other said options, that because Jeppa said it. No, mate. Well, Jeff is a very <laughs> smart man, so I'm going to obviously listen to what he says. But uh, it is it is interesting that he just seems to be yep the consensus. Okay. Doesn't matter if he's got the early buyer. Let's just lock him in. But if he scores a seventy, it's above his price, but it's not going to be. It's yeah. not going to shoot up super quick, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, you're not going to lose
3: too much. Um, you can bring him in round three if, he, if yeah. all goes to plan, right? This next
2: one's big. You got this one, Mitch?
1: Yeah, so Tommy Green, who a lot of people are getting very excited about and some people have earmarked him to be the top averaging midfielder this season. He comes out in round zero and he knocks it out of the park and he scores a 150. He just goes nuts. He's pure inside mid, 85%, as we all expect. Uh, that 150, is, we is this enough to, to get him definitely. on your side?
3: I, absolutely, because see, they play West Coast and North True, in yes, rounds yes. one and so two, juicy. so so you pretty much can't not do it um, at that Ooh. score.
2: Would you? And would I, you do the? I think I'd still be tempted to fade. Would but... you flip him to Walsh at his buy in that case? If everything Ooh. else went well.
3: See, yeah, I've had a, many debate about this um, because in those round three trades. When we think about it, we, it's too early for a big upgrade. Yeah, you are yeah. still it's almost like sec, the secondary fix it trades. So. Yeah. I'm not against it. Okay, uh, I mean, if you, I'm you, wary, you, like, things happen, injuries, but I'm not against it.
1: Yeah, maybe it's something you don't plan for, but if you have dodge bullets and you have that luxury to do so, like, it's definitely a play. And especially if he goes 150, then he comes up against these two teams and his price is going to shoot up even at his... You know, you've, you've at least price. got
2: the safety of his price not dropping. Do you know what I mean? Like we can't yes. see a world where he doesn't at least just go a hundred against North and West Coast. And if he's got that one fifty in the bank, you're not going to lose out by, yeah. which is what we try to avoid with some of these primos at the start of the year. All
3: right,
2: okay, we are going. We are going to the aforementioned Sammy Walsh. And let's say Sammy Walsh gives you a one twenty five on sixty five percent CBAs. Would that be tempting enough with that early buy?
3: Yeah, I think it is. I think his value and I. would Again, I look at last year. He had a limited preseason back surgery. You know, backs are so hindering yeah. as an injury as a whole, and he and he did came out of it pretty well. And look in the final series, his performances were pretty got cool. very impressive. Uh, not fantasy aside as a footballer, really, nice really dance. good. So, yeah. so yeah, I, I would start him off. That was there anything, Jeff, that worried you about the fact that when
2: Carton were were playing elite footy in the back half of the year? Uh, finals aside, that
3: Walsh's scores weren't really setting the world on fire, or is it- no, 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 not really. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, Crips. We know what we're going to get from him. Hewitt's very similar to Crips. They need that. Um, what's the word? Like an Andy Brace or that link yeah. player, I suppose. Um, that gut runs from the back half to the front half and gets the plus sixes along the way. So yeah. I, think- uh, I think I think he's good.
1: In any other year, he would be a no-brainer oh, pick. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what mean? Let's go to the Ruck line. I'm going to group these two together because they do actually play each other in that opening round. So in that one game, Max Gorn, he goes a ton. He averages, he gets the 100, and Brody Grundy gets a 75. Are you starting one, both, or neither of them in this situation? What's your thoughts with these Ruckmen here?
3: I'd start Gorn, and I'd probably still start Grundy. Yep. But if I was... Worried and the you know, to the eye, he didn't convince me, then you could go down a cherry. So, yeah, um, Gorn for sure. I think Gorn is is pretty much a lock, um, for me. It's a shame about this early buy round. Um, admittedly, I have toyed with having Marshall instead of Gorn as okay. a bit of a point in difference, just yeah. for one captain option, and two, because this Gorn and Grundy setup is going to be so popular. So, yeah, yeah. um, that's that's, uh, yeah, that's still a TBA. Yeah.
1: I like it. I like it because uh, a lot of people are just locking away Grundy and uh, I'm still on the fence about it. All right, to the forward line. To the forward line.
2: And we've got Sammy Flanders up here on the Gold Coast. Gives you a 110 on 50% CBAs. Would you like the roll enough to dive in with a round three buy?
3: No, I won't. And that's it comes down to structure. Yeah. That would mean my whole structure changes and right. I'm pretty happy with where I'm at. Uh, I don't wanna sacrifice from defence given the limited rooks on long term vision here. You know, if I'm gonna start needing to rely on Mullen and Curtin and whoever else to yeah. for their scores right. on field it's not gonna not gonna bode well.
1: Yeah, a no very good Jeff
2: point. He's is good at this game. I like it. He's yeah. got the conviction, but he just doesn't yeah, want taking the bait on back, a couple of times. himself
1: in. Uh, Taylor Adams is the last guy we'll touch on here. He comes out and has a 95. You said he was at your F1 right now. Uh, he has a 50% CBAs, which might be a bit low for some, um, but still scores that 95. Is that enough for you to keep him there?
3: hundred percent, yeah. That's well above his starting price. So um, that's the goal. In that forward line with the mid prices, that's a start. Just ride that price what, rise. If you had to put a number on
2: it, what do you expect
3: his CBAs to be? Do you expect him to get back into the 80s or...? No, no, no. Not that high. Again, I think when we look at the midfielders from Sydney, um, you know, Robot and Warner, Goulden's going to go through there more, I believe. Parker and whoever else, yeah. Plus Adams and tried throw in Jordan, like <laughs> it, it gets pretty heavy. It's so easy. It's like a clown without car. injuries, yeah, exactly. So I think the fifty percent CBAs is about right. The way I'm reading it is they'll swap Parker and Adams okay. between half board and, and mid. But that's me, and I'm not horse long though. Very good. I, I like the
1: like your conviction there with a lot of those opening round roulette picks. Um, so let's move on to now, just a quickly. You don't have to go into too much explanation here, but who's someone or, or a couple of players maybe outside of those obvious rookie picks in Reed and McKercha and the like? Um, who's someone that hasn't left your side all preseason that you are
3: pretty confident will be there round one? Zach Butters.
0: Zach Butters. Yeah, Zach
3: Butters for me. I think I would echo that. You know, not first tag. His price point is you know under nine hundred grand just. I think there's a little bit where he can improve on his on his average the last year. He gets a heap of it. He's now the vice-captain of Port Adelaide. They want him being one of their best players, and, yeah, I think he'll be great.
1: He's got a pretty good run to start the year as well, which I also like.
2: And outside of those locks, I uh, wanted to quickly talk about uh, players that you're watching. You mentioned, obviously, before that you're really intrigued about what Hawthorne are going to do. If you had to have a guess right now, who do you think Hawthorne's starting midfield is? <laughs>
3: Oh, that's a good question. All right, let's go with, and again, I can't even put Nash in there convincingly, but yeah. they've got Newcomb. Yeah, Newcomb's the number one. Um, let's just park Nash for now. they got Ward. I wouldn't even say Ward's number two, but thereabouts. Yeah. Warful Nash. So there's four. Seaback. Um, Oh, I am missing someone else, aren't I? McKenzie? You put me on the spot here. Mackenzie a little bit, but I think they'll still protect him okay. as such. So I think yeah, the fact of it is it's, it's so
2: intriguing, isn't
3: it? Yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. the thing. I, I got no idea, but I'm really keen to know how yeah. how they structure up. So are there any other teams that
1: you you're watching really closely?
3: Yeah, North Melbourne's midfield mix too. Yep. So where they use Simpkin, what they want to do there. You know, she's—is it going to be she's a Wardlaw and and LDU? Yeah. Um, that's what it looks like reading between the lines. So yeah, that's they're the other team. Sydney obviously as well. Um, a couple of other points I put down here is Lee and Duggar's role between midfield and defence. Yep. yeah. Um, how that works because he did play midfield at the back end of last year. Um, and he wasn't that convincing in my opinion. Uh, okay. but it's it, pretty tough. I still think. Knowing Simo, they want the harder bodies around the ball to protect the kids. So I still think he's going to play healthy midfield minutes, but I just want to again see it a bit better. Um, and the last role or structure I want to look at is now, especially with Chappie injured, is how Frio's back half mil- movement yes. works. Um, no Young because he's playing pure mid. No Chappie. maybe Clark. You know, what did yeah, Clark this yeah? like yesterday? Was he good? Jordan Clark got a heap of it in the second half. Okay. So that third quarter, every time I looked up, he was he had the ball in his hand. So, but Luke Ryan as well. So Luke oh, Ryan's going to rack up, oh, just, really um, like, yeah, Same like he did last time. So, yeah, yeah so watching that, I think is important.
1: Very good, okay. very good watches there, and I do think that obviously with that Heath Chapman injury, if it is something that is going to prevent him from starting the season, that a lot of people are pretty hot on someone like a Jordan Clark. He might. You know, start to rise a little bit in that uh, selection ownership. Let's get into uh, the finishing out the show here with some rapid-fire questions. Now, we haven't sent you these ones ahead of time, Jepa, because we want your... your Anything just comes off the top of your head. Quick fire, and uh, let us know your thoughts on all these ones. I'll throw it to you, Luke. You throw the first one out there. Okay, first one. Predict the highest averaging player,
3: 2024. Uh, Nick Dacos. Ooh, I
1: like that one. Um, biggest improvement from last season? From a player point of view.
3: Yeah, average. Brady uh, Grundy.
2: Okay, I like it. Yeah, that's pretty safe. I think Grundy's going to go big. Uh, Premier predictions. Who's winning it?
3: Brisbane. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, Got to have the hunger. Yeah, we don't, it's ironic it's because we live in Brisbane and we don't like the Brisbane Lions. But
2: I think there's, there's a bit of history there with uh, Richmond and Brisbane
1: in a few games. But, uh, uh, but I don't, obviously, obviously, went very close last year. So very good prediction. Uh, would you? Oh, sorry. No, I'm skipping one. Uh, wooden Spoon predictions. Is it the Eagles?
3: Yeah, it's, it's West Coast, unfortunately. Oh, um, no. So, sadly, I, I've snuck into a few trainings and, uh, yeah, it's West Coast.
2: Richmond might be pretty bad this season, you know. Yeah, no. My challenge. <laughs> All right. Uh, your next one. Uh, I like this question. It's one of my favourites. Would you rather win a hat or your team win a premiership?
3: Uh, team win a premiership. I, I was there in 2018. Oh, were and you? Like, Yeah. My, Great game was, to be at. Yeah, I had to sell a kidney for my ticket, but... Um, <laughs> I, I, I was amongst the Collingwood corporates. I, th- I believe there was 11 in 400 people in the room oh, of 11 yeah. West Coast supporters and really? 400 Collingwood. Wow. And uh, boy, oh, boy, was it a good day. So, um, oh, yeah, I would love to relive a moment like that. Much yeah, yeah. more important than the car a hat, in my opinion. Great call, mate.
2: Great
1: call. Um, besides yourself, who wins the Content Creators Cup this year? Oh. Um, Who are we backing in? Are we backing yeah, in yeah, the, the the reigning champ or
3: for, for first, a new... first thing that comes to your mind? <laughs> even
1: someone you might be looking at if you. Oh look!
3: I don't <laughs> know. I, I think DC is really good. Fantasy mind. Um, yeah. He looks at everything methodically. You know, he takes a bit of bias out of the, out of um, out of his selection. So I'll go DC. Shout
1: out DC, fellow cool. West Coast supporter. Maybe there's a bit of a bit of a tan <laughs> in there. Goes. I don't know. <laughs>
3: What do we got next? We
2: got... Oh, toilet paper, over or under?
3: Over.
1: Yeah, pretty easy. Okay, that's that's, that's the consensus answer. That's what we want. Unless you're uh, Bales' roommate, there was a whole debacle there. (laughs) Um, What is your favourite, favourites chocolate? Which is the first chocolate you pick out of a favourites box? Oh flake. Interesting. I don't even know if they have them anymore, actually. Surely they still have last. Favorite box I Hat had no flake, and I was outraged. Ooh, flake is messy, but worth it. Yeah, I think oh, they yeah. replaced it with the caramel, which I am cannot stand by. Cause... I'm gonna I'm gonna shame this guy. Guess <laughs> this,
2: this guy picks out the morrow first. Hey,
1: the morrow, that... mate. Jepper's reaction <laughs> sums it up. Shame, shame. That's disgusting. Bro, it's just a Mars bar. It's most Mars people
2: bar. like will happily get rid of those. It's disgusting, man. I'll take all Sickity. the
1: moros. <laughs> uh, all right, you get the next one. Okay, is soup a drink or a meal? Do you eat eat
3: it or drink it? I nice. oh, This is one of your <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's a drink. Oh,
2: okay. What it? What about like a thick pumpkin soup that you dip your bread well, in? Does yeah, it matter, you does it matter if the if soup? You yeah,
3: if you can't drink it through a straw, then it's not a drink, right? right. So yeah, that's it, true. Then it's a meal. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, and I was like, <laughs> if if you're calling
1: soup a drink, does that make like custard a drink? It depends how hard you want to go on the custard (laughs) I'll drink custard I don't know (laughs) Okay, Uh, this
2: this is the big one Finish it off,
1: Mitch uh, Does a straw have two holes or one?
3: um, It has one hole Yes! Jesus Christ!
2: Every guest has said one, and every guest has been correct. I'm on the two-wagon, but... You can't listen to a bloke who eats moros. That's that's all I'll say. That's true.
1: Apparently, that is just a wild out there opinion. But, okay, (laughs) looks like the consensus is the one hole, but... I'm short sure of one person one person's gonna try thank you very much Jeremy, for jumping on here mate uh, let us know what you got what have you got going on over the next few weeks as we get to the end of the preseason what's happening over at the plus six podcast or if there's anything else that you want to plug for the audience out there
3: yeah we're uh, we're ramping up now like all of us content creators it's big preseason coming up games in a few weeks so yeah every Tuesday, well every Wednesday uh, the pods release we, we record Tuesday night. Um, Pete and I, so yeah, check out the P- Plus Six podcast and um, obviously Twitter or X, you can find me at Adito.
1: Jeppa DT, yeah, must follow, I reckon, with all of those uh, Rooks insights and track watchings with both the West Coast teams. Uh, definitely give Jeppa a follow. You can follow us on Twitter as well and make sure you guys give this video a big thumbs up. If you are enjoying the content, uh, community catch-up series, let us know in the comment section below. Hit that big old subscribe button. Let's get to 2,000 subscribers on YouTube, five-star ratings and reviews, all that jazz, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye!